0: You can go
1: where you want to, and you found your way here to the Safe Toddles podcast, dedicated this year to sharing the orientation and mobility memories of over 100 employed adults who are blind or mobility visually impaired. Today's interview is with Kathleen, born in 1949 with retinopathy of prematurity. Her story of life with this visual impairment is one of living in the margins as far as getting services. She had no specialized services as a child, conceivably because she was considered to have too much vision. She was not legally blind. She got her first cane at age 48 for protection. She tells of many accidents that resulted from her inability to visually avoid obstacles in her path. Kathleen's story is a story of low vision and some of the barriers to effective services that existed when she was growing up.
2: Okay, Kathleen. Okay, um, what's your date of birth? 49. Okay, Where were you born?
0: Philadelphia, PA.
2: And where do you live now?
0: Philadelphia, PA.
2: And what do you do for a living?
0: I'm a social worker. With blindness and visual services. That's the state agency for the blind and visually impaired.
2: Um, where did you go to college? Eastern Michigan University. And what, you, what is your highest degree? Uh, bachelor's degree. How long have you had a vision impairment?
0: I lost the vision in one eye at birth. So I guess you could say since birth.
2: Uh-huh. And what is the name
0: of it? Uh, I have retinopathy of prematurity. Um, I lost the vision in my left eye at birth. I'm a high myope. Um, now, I've, now that I'm middle-aged and old, um, I have a cataract growing. Uh-huh. And, um, I supposedly had a retinal detachment, uh, on nasal, and that's in the upper nasal quadrant that somehow healed itself. Wow. I was lucky.
2: So
0: my visual acuity is about 10 over 80.
2: That's not bad. Not too bad. Um, when did you realize, um, that you're, you saw differently from, um, most of the population from your peers and your family.
0: Uh, you know, I don't. I I guess when I started school, when I started school, uh-huh. uh huh. When I went to kindergarten.
2: Is there a particular um, event or story?
0: Um. Well, yeah. Um. But another thing that happened with the premature birth. Was that. Um, I didn't walk until i was close to two years old ah. and i have a short tendon in my right leg um, and the philadelphia public school system didn't want me in school ah. and i um at that time i was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and i went to uh, nursery school at st christopher's hospital here in philadelphia um, and there was another little boy and myself who wanted to go into kindergarten. And the only reason that we got in, into the public school was because the United Civil Policy Association threatened to sue to wow. the Department of Education. But um, their big thing was, well, she might fall down. Right. Um, and then they had to produce all sorts of things so that I could do routine kindergarten and first grade work. Mm-hmm.
2: So you were very aware of, of yeah. this going on, having to prove your value to go to
0: regular school? Really, really. Well, I, 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 it, um, the principal of the school made it very clear that she didn't want me. Oh. And I found this out years later, but the uh, kindergarten teacher told people to stay away from me because I might fall down. Mm. And in first grade, I remember... My first grade teacher, uh, well, we had one A and one B, so we had different teachers. Uh, we, we changed grades uh, mid-semester. I can remember my first grade teacher pushing me down the hall to get rid of me, because she didn't want me.
2: Pushing you to another class? To another class, yeah. So you were, how did that make you feel, this whole I thing? I was crying. Yeah. I
0: was extremely upset.
2: Yeah has it affected your outlook in in ways do you think has it made you a a stronger person or are you thinking in any way I would think
0: I would think yeah um
2: did this vision uh, affect your mobility your orientation in any way
0: Mm, not really because I never had the vision in the one eye Mm -hmm. so if I never had it I never had to deal with it so um spatially, I'm sure that it did, but I never really paid any, any attention to it.
2: Why do you say that? Um, Why do you say spatially?
0: Uh, like, tur- like having to turn my head, um, being aware of my surroundings sometimes. Sometimes I would, and sometimes I still do, I would bump into something, you know, just because I didn't know it was there. Right. You know, but that, but I, uh, I basically... You know, throughout my life compensated, sort of realized that um, I had, I needed more space on one side than the other space. And I don't know when, when this consciously happened. I just knew that it, this had to be. Great. Uh, what sort of messages
2: or attitudes um, did your family send you about you know, moving about, doing things independent of others?
0: Um... The best thing that happened to me, uh, my mother volunteered her services to go to a camp and she um, wasn't gonna take any pay. So we all went to camp and I was about four or five years old. Well, the great, the beauty of the whole thing was everybody was too busy and they left me alone. Ah. And I was running around like a normal kid. so because it was sort of like don't do that you'll fall down um you're going to hurt yourself um constantly
2: do you think that was more because of your leg or because of your vision i think it was both yeah just to
0: come and and quite honestly i think that and to this day i think my 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 mother is in denial about about my vision problem ah
2: what makes you think that
0: um Well, I recently finished, I recently had training. and You met Felicia. Felicia was my teacher. Ah. And not too long ago, uh, while I was in training with Felicia, my mother was screaming at me, you don't need a cane, you don't need Braille, you can see. Ah. I think she's kind of a denial. Yeah, Yeah.
2: a little bit. So, so do you, so that, the idea that you went to this camp and at four or five, this seem this is sort of like the first time almost that you can remember being able to just be a kid, be a kid, um, be okay. not be without constant supervision and yeah,
0: that was really the first time. Um, I was in nursery school. Um, I was I was a star because other kids had cerebral palsy and I don't have cerebral palsy, right um but i was much more these kids were severe so i could pour milk into glasses using a pitcher and i could put out utensils and i could do things that that i guess a a normal two three four because i started going to nursery school when i was two Mm -hmm. uh two-year-old could could do you know Um, so but there was always supervision and i think the first time that i did not have supervision was when they when we went to camp
2: did you feel like you wanted to be independent before that or or even more after that
0: like, i don't think i knew i could be independent uh-huh. you know um and after and after i got a taste of it you better believe it <laughs> you know i wanted to keep on going and then i had people holding me back all the time
2: with messages of
0: be with safe messages and i can remember my father um Running out the front, doors screaming, Kathleen, stop playing. You're going to break your glass. Mm. Okay. Um, what were you doing? Playing steal the bacon.
2: Which just is running a... running
0: around. Is it a game? It's a game that yeah, you run? Yeah, it's a game. It's you know, a ball game and you steal the ball. You know, uh, and just running around doing things. And uh, the, the, his message was always, don't do that. You're going to break your glass. Right. And he spent a lot of money on class, yeah. you know, I have to say. <laughs> that was partly
2: true, yeah. but <laughs> it's kind of hard not to play when you're right. a kid. And,
0: and in school, um, I was the first kid pulled out of, of any activity because I wasn't as fast. I couldn't see it, whatever. You know, and the teachers would pull me out. And that went, that went all the way up to eighth grade.
2: Pull you out of gym or... Pull me out of
0: gym, pull me out of activities. Anything that would take quickness of movement, of uh, vision, they would just say, well, Kathleen, there's not enough. We have too many people. You go sit down. Gee, that must have been... It was horrible. Yeah. It was really horrible.
2: Did you have a teacher that visually impaired or... No.
0: No. In fact, um, it was funny. Both of my sisters were in remedial gym in high school. Uh huh. I wasn't. Interesting. They never put me in remedial
2: gym. Why? I think
0: they were just tired of looking at Grable dingers. <laughs> You know, cause, And I remember my eighth grade teacher, not ninth grade, teacher, gym teacher, coming in, walking, saying, walking in and saying oh, my God, not another Grable Dinger, and turned around and walked out. Hey, hey, hey. So, you know, it was just... And my oldest sister was very athletic and became a gym teacher for a while before she became a social worker. Are your,
2: your other siblings, are they visually impaired? No. So it's just the fact that there were three of you. Yeah. Did you um, ride bikes and
0: yeah. roller skate and all that? Yeah. What are your I was memories? A sort of a failure at roller skating, but then... Um, because I just stayed inside the basement, we lived in a row house, so mm-hmm. I just stayed, sort of stayed inside the basement, and I rode bikes, and I, um, I rode all over the place, in fact, when I was out in Michigan, um, I was riding a bike back and forth to school. Me.
2: And I did drive for a while. So have you ever had orientation mobility? Yes, uh- I just
0: finished, uh, in May i see
2: um and that, was that your first experience with yeah.
0: i started in june of last year
2: uh-huh
0: and um the reason well i i became a client of the agency that i work for uh, because i pitched a fit um i i was having trouble reading getting things done and I also realized that I was having some problems, some problems with mobility. Mhm. Like what? Like tripping over cracks, uh, missing curbs, uh, sliding down steps. Mm-hmm.
2: Those sorts of things. Were you traveling without any
0: cane or anything? Without any cane. Mhm. And um, I had spoken to one of the people that we contract with, a mobility person that we contract with, and I was planning to start to pay for it on my own. And he was going. He was, I was going to just to just go and do mobility privately, mm-hmm. starting like fall of last year. But then um, uh, I became a client, and uh, one of the things that um, that I said that I wanted, um, and one of the things that the director of the agency said you should have, was okay. I want you to have mobility, and I want you to have braille. Well, I didn't object to the mobility at all. We did kind of object to the braille, but then I thought, okay, he wants me to learn braille. I'll learn braille. I don't care. I learned braille. I'm learning braille.
2: Yeah. Is it useful to you? you think?
0: Yeah, actually, it is. Um, cool. And it's it's. I, I figured I feel it's like a foreign language. So it's like learning the Spanish or, or whatever.
2: So so then your training is fresh in your mind. Um, what. Uh, what's what's the method that's been used to treat you? What what sort of skills did you start? Have you did you start with and and how has that gone? Or
0: well, um, my instructor, um, I started out doing mobility during the, the the transportation strike, and they were out for about three weeks. Wow! So, um. My instructor gave me a short cane for me, a 46-inch cane, and I was going back and forth to work, which I guess is about a mile, a mile and a half, every day. Um, so he taught me a couple techniques, and I thought, and he gave me the cane. And well, the first, well, first off, you know, he took he took me out for a walk and watched me move and, and the whole bit, and then he. Um, my second lesson, he gave me a cane, a forty-six inch cane, and I, I'm using a 50 inch. And he took me up to um, the boulevard and Adams Avenue, which is like um, a four-lane, like a four-lane highway.
2: Yeah.
0: And that was my second lesson because he said, "I know you go, you, I know you go out, and I know you have to do it." Kay. So it was sort of like baptism by fire. Right. For me. And then our fiscal year uh, begins in, in July. So there was a, a lag of time before he got back to me. Um, he would take me out on, I live in Center City. I live very close to the uh, Independence Hall. He would take me out uh, on Market Street and um, have me using different different techniques, uh, The uh, two-point two touch, whatever, you know, um, what I use the most is constant contact, uh-huh. but he would just um, take me out and, and have, it, it looked like a parade, it was a riot, because the people who work out on Market Street would be out on their breaks, their evening breaks, mm-hmm. and uh, it looked like a parade walking down the street, because he was screaming like a drill sergeant, left, right, left, right, left, right, and no you're out of step you're out of step and um hmm, how'd that make you feel oh, well i kind of got used to it yeah you know and, and after a while it became funny because he he's this enormous man and i'm not that too terribly big and it was just it was funny it was just funny uh-huh so um he would in fact he took me into uh, a building because he wanted to um see how much sound i was giving off from the cane because he didn't want to he didn't want he didn't want to hear any sound you know with two-point touch hmm. and um he stood me up against a wall once and, and was was t- uh, teaching me the wrist movement right and um two guards security guards came walking toward us because he so important and I was more saying, no, no, it's perfectly all right. right. We're, it's we're, we're still lesson, You know, it's okay. But he took me all over the city to
2: probably... So they thought he was just molesting you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. they did. But he took me all over to some of the most dangerous intersections uh, in the city. Why? Wow. Because he knew that I had to, to do them, that I would... I do field work. Right. So. And I, he, said, he said, I'm gonna take it out and you're gonna do it. And I did it. So I, I really did learn by fire. And um, he spent a lot of time away and off because he's, he has asthma. And um, a lot of what I, and because I'm doing the field work all the time, it was just constant practice. In fact, I was thinking about you last week, and I thought, you know, I feel like, I, I, well, I finished instruction in May. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm just beginning to hit my stride. I'm just beginning to feel totally comfortable with this thing. You know, I can walk down the street, people don't bother me, people are used to me. Mm-hmm. People aren't grabbing me anymore, you know, um, and I've had people come up to me and say, you can see. You shouldn't be using a cane. Oh, really? Yeah. People some people have been outrageous. And um, you know, I've I've sort of developed What do you ways say to them? Well, um, at first I said, well, well, I'm, I guess I can see and I'm grateful for what I can see. Um or I say, well, you don't have to be totally blind to carry a cane. You know,
2: Golly, I, I don't know if I'd be so nice <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I
0: haven't been, so if I you
2: get, get out of my way. There are times
0: <laughs> that I have hauled off and waffled people with it. And You've done what now? I've hauled off and waffled people. You know, they're really going after their ankles. Oh, wow. Because uh, people will, will see the cane, and you know they see it, mm-hmm. and walk right into you. Mm. Like they're sort of testing you somehow, mm. and I'm just going after their ankles. A couple, many, I can't say a couple times, I'll say many times. So, yeah, sometimes I can be nice about it, sometimes I can't. And then um, I've decided that on Fridays, Friday afternoons, everybody loses their mind. You know, they're gone, you know, and you really have to be careful. It's nuts out there. So
2: what... What you did with him was you he took you on a walk and realized that mostly what you wanted to work on is ways to keep yourself. Safe. Safe, or from contacting things, let the cane contact, and then ways to cross the street. Right. And was that really a helpful exercise
0: for you? Very much so. Now, the uh, person...
2: What were you doing before the lessons and what, you know, so what sorts of things, what sort of tips are are staying with you and you're using now that you maybe weren't using before?
0: Well, um, I'm looking around... In, in all directions, you know, and lots of times I just might stop and, and watch the traffic flow for a, a, a couple minutes before I cross. Um, one technique that I think is really helpful to me is when I'm crossing the street, turn and look to see if somebody's turning. But again, after I'm like halfway out the street, turn around and look again because um, the car could have come around, car could hit me, car could go in front of me, and I might not be even aware of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, I'm looking around more, and I'm listening, and I'm listening more. Um, and that was a big help too, just because there are some motors, you just can't hear,
2: Right. you know?
0: So, and, and just sort of s- slowing down slowing down and taking my time and when i come to those four lane highways or four lane boulevards or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. just taking one section at a time and if it takes me four lights five lights to get across that's okay it's got it's going to have to be okay and i play a game with myself um i i pretend that he's going to jump out from a to- behind a tree or a telephone pole so I'm always trying to be on good behavior, (laughs) you know, and that works well. (laughs) So, before
2: training, did you avoid crossing those, or would you have done them differently, or? Uh,
0: Yeah, I just sort of um, took a deep breath and ran. Uh Mm
2: Uh-huh. And did you ever have any close calls doing that? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um. Well, this this happened a long time ago, and it would not even really relevant to this. But um, I was I've been knocked down by a trash truck. Oh gosh. Um, but yeah, you know there have been times when there have been, there it has been close, and there are a couple times with the cane. You know that it has. You know once in a while, it has been close. You know you think somebody's looking at you. You think someone sees you, and they don't. Mm-hmm. So um, I just hang back let them turn, let them do whatever they're going to do, and then when I think it's better. Or, you know, just make sh- wave the cane around, you know, do a little two-point touch. In fact, that's another thing he told me, which I, I use a lot. If it's a very wide street, I don't do constant uh, contact. I do two-point touch. So I'm, I'm, it's the movement, people will see the movement, perhaps, mm-hmm. a little bit more. And lots of times people don't see the cane at all. Right. I what,
2: but is it also the opposite is true, that you get maybe a little more, um, maybe leeway because you have a cane in your hand? Have you noticed the ability to sort of interact and get information from people because of Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, most people I find are very kind. Um, they'll, they'll move aside. Um, for the most part, I would say most people will recognize the cane. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people won't. And it doesn't matter if, if you got flashing neon on it, it just won't well, make any difference. And that's the way it is.
2: So, so are you done now? I mean, did you do bus travel or any other he, kind of...
0: Yeah, he took me on the buses. Um, he took me on the subway. Took me on the L, the, L, the subway, or the same thing here. Um, yeah, we went all over.
2: Now, did you... Get any more tips from him on those areas that you weren't using before?
0: Um, not really, because I'm dating a bus driver. Uh-huh. And he he's given me his lecture, you know. Now always sit up front, and always let them know that you can't see.
2: Now this is your boyfriend.
0: My boyfriend. Right. So um, so he's give he's, he's given me the the public transportation lecture. Uh-huh. Um. But I I basically handle uh, public transportation the same way that I was. Which Um, is what? Well, I I just would get on and try to find a seat or um, sort of try to shrink myself to stay out of the way of other people. Um, One thing I did ask Aaron was, okay, what do you do with a cane when you're on the bus? Do you just leave it open or do you fold it? And he said, "Well, what are you, what, what are you comfortable with?" I said, "I don't know, I don't know yet." So for the most part, what I do now, I just when I'm on, when I'm on the bus and have a seat, or when I'm on the subway and have a seat, um, I'll just fold it up
2: and put it on my lap. Um. I know a lot of people just will fold, fold it like halfway.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that too, but mm-hmm. I figure. I'm probably going to impale somebody, you know, so I just, it's, it's better for me. It's smaller, you know, and, and just keep it out of the way.
2: So forgetting the name of the bus and if, if there's more than one on the same bus stop, is that, how do you? Well,
0: sometimes I can use my telescope because uh-huh. um, I, I, I'm a big low-vision aid user. I've got a 4X telescope.
2: Cool. Um,
0: so sometimes, depending upon the light. You know, sometimes I can see it, sometimes I can't. Uh, if not, I'll ask. Um, in Philadelphia, we have um, bus identification kits, and basically all it is is a plastic holder with pockets in it, and it will have bus numbers or bus letters, um, and you can slip whatever your whatever number your, you want in that in that case. Um, the first time I used it, I was waiting for a 27 bus, and the, the bus driver stopped, yelled out the stop. I got on, I was so excited and happy, I forgot to pay my fare. Yeah, uh,
2: so. did he remind you? Yes, oh
0: yes, <laughs> he reminded me.
2: Well, but, that's uh, cool. So these are things that you put in your slip and they can read it off of the, yeah. do you write it yourself or?
0: No, it comes printed. Neat. Yeah, uh, but lots of times people, will the bus drivers, We'll see the cane, and just stop and yell out seventeen thirty-three. Oh, that's helpful. And if, if I don't, you know, if uh, I don't want that bus, I just say no thanks, or step back, or, or whatever.
2: Have you ever been uh, missed a stop with the bus? Oh, definitely. So what do you do then?
0: Well, um, usually I'll, I'll get off and walk back. Um, if it's if it's a long if it's a long way. Um, they're supposed to give you a transfer to get, to, you know, just go across the street at the next stop and, and give you a transfer to come back. Uh, but I have a trans pass, so, and that's, me, you pay a monthly fee. Yeah. You know. um, so I just say, don't worry about it. Just go across the street and get the the, uh, the bus back. It's open in the same direction. Or if it's like four or five blocks, I'll walk it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you use a, a folding cane now. What tip do you have on the bottom?
0: I have um I'm using an Amputech cane with their um, high mileage tip. Is
2: that it's like a big marshmallow or no, thicker No, it's,
0: it's a smaller marshmallow. I've gone through tips like me. Hold on for a second. Sure. It's um it doesn't fit over the um the cane. It is it, it's it, it, it's it's Inserted in the cane mm-hmm. with a knot. Well, and uh, I guess it's about maybe
2: an inch, inch and a half. So it's like a smaller marshmallow, yeah, but it's not a smaller a-
0: marshmallow. And it, instead of fitting over, it's um, it's knotted inside.
2: Um, is it a roller? No. Have you ever tried any kind of roller tips?
0: Yeah. Um. And I went through them really quickly. Um, what do you mean? I, I, um, they were cheaper tips. And I, I just literally broke them down. I was going through the tips like mad. Um, until I got a, a very durable tip. And this this one, I've had this one on for about three or four months now. And it's showing wear, but not as bad as as they have. If they
2: were more durable, would you prefer the roller over the
0: one you have now, or...? Um... In terms of... I don't know. Probably. Probably so, uh, because of the cracks. Whatever.
2: So, overall, you, you pref- it seemed to work better with the roller?
0: Yeah, I would think.
2: For the constant contact? Yeah. And the cracks. Um, and, the, and have you tried any other mo- mobility tools? besides canes?
0: Uh, no. Not really, just a cane and the low vision aids. Low vision
2: aids? Yeah. How
0: many canes do you own? Well, I have the first one, the 46-incher, and I was told that it's sort of like a rite of passage to name it, so I named it Raisin Cane. Call it Ray for short. And, um... That's cute. um, (laughs) I bought a 50-incher because, you know, the state will only buy you one cane. Or, no, the state bought me a 50-incher.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and then I bought an extra because I was advised by a friend, look, Kathy, people are going to walk on them. you are got to get them caught in elevators. You know, get used to it. Just buy an extra one. And it's going to get real beat up, and you might want to have one for dress. So I have a nice new cane sitting on the shelf if I ever need to dress up to go somewhere.
2: Oh, that's a nice idea. This one is really
0: beautiful. Right.
2: <laughs> so, was it a mutual decision, or did you decide that the forty-six incher was too short?
0: Um, I decided. Uh huh. Because what I was, I developed um, epicondylitis. I went to the doctors over this one. What um, the heck is it, that? It's sort of like a tendonitis. Oh. And um. It, it might. I, I was going to the doctors anyway and you know when they say, Do you have any other problems? And I said, Yeah, this is this is what's happening with this and he took a look at it and, and my doctor is the king of the handouts. He'll hand it you he'll hand you things on blood pressure, on cholesterol, diet. He has he gives people open their closets and give you pills, he gives you a handout. <laughs> He's a character. So he reaches into his drawer and he pulls out this thing on epicondylitis. <laughs> And really what it is, is tendonitis. And um, you just do uh, wrist exercises. So he started me out with a one pound weight and I'm supposed to go up to a four pound, which I never have, but um, you know, just doing it. Wrist exercises to to strengthen the wrist. But it's a a form of tendonitis.
2: And how does the longer cane make that?
0: Um, I'm not straining. Uh Not leading forward, Uh Um, and and I'm always going to have it. It's always going to be there. Ah. I know that. So I'm very very left-handed. Okay, Um, and I said to Aaron one day. I said, Aaron, you have to teach me right-handed. And um, he did. Hmm. So whenever I get tired or my arm starts to act up, I just switch arms.
2: Cool um how do you get to and from work?
0: um on well I walk down to the bus take the bus um then I get on the Broad Street subway subway
2: That's quite a trek. How long does that take you about 40 minutes huh a good that's a good <laughs> a good commute
0: yeah well it's, it's not far it really isn't far uh-huh. but and it would be a lot faster if I took the, the subway instead of taking the bus but the bus is so crowded because people are coming into town to go or excuse me the, the L is so crowded people coming into town come to work with a knapsack and the cane and everything else I prefer to just say okay I'll get on the bus and it takes longer on the bus to get up to city hall and then with two stops up to Brunsford Garden.
2: Me. do you have any um, tips uh, for the novice traveler on accessing subways
0: Only slow down slow down and think really
2: and and what why what's that about
0: um because if you're if you're taking your time you're going to think about the steps you know, you're going to realize that um, okay, you got some steep steps. You can't go flying down the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that the new subways, for example, are have been, are, are a different height from the platform into the into the car itself. And just be aware of uh, using using cane, you know, and, and casting with it a little bit to see where you're to find out where you're going really
2: what was it like taking the subway before you got your cane and did mobility
0: um it wasn't it wasn't all that difficult well the difficult part was getting up and down the the l steps Mm -hmm. and the subway steps you know and that was the worst part because i couldn't see them and i was hanging on to the railing for dear life and i was I was walking like an 80-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. I really was, and my mother is 80 years old, and it was sort of, we were keeping the same pace wow. when I would be walking with her, and now I'm walking like a person again, you know, over a 50-year-old, well, maybe like a 60-year-old, but <laughs> you know, I'm I'm moving again, which um, I was moving very very slowly. In fact, my my supervisor saw me in the field once, um, and um, she said to me, you know. Kathy, I thought we would have to start doing something about mobility because you were just about moving. You were looking at the ground so hard and trying to see things that, you know, you were just about moving.
2: Okay. So. so did it was it an effort to not look at the ground anymore and sort of trust the cane?
0: Yeah, because I've always looked at the ground uh-huh. for all of my life. And it was kind of exciting because I'm looking around saying, oh, my God, I've never seen these things before. <laughs> That's neat. You know, and and, and, and now I'm I'm using the cane, looking up at windows and things I've never seen before. You know, I, it, it are, I don't see them clearly, but I, you know, I can still, you know, I wish I had done, I wish I had looked up a long time ago. It's amazing. Did you use the blindfold at all or? No. He offered. He said, you know, he said, how about I, you know, do you want me to blindfold you? Um, I said I I, I want to use as much as I've got as long as I've got it. He he said I agree with you. So he didn't do it. I thought about it, uh-huh. and if um, if I asked him to, because you know um, I still work with him, uh, we I give him the clients, uh, and we are sort of halfway friends. Um, if I asked him to take me out with a blindfold, he would do it. So I'm in a little bit of a different position where I still have contact with these people, and I can turn around to them and say, "Hey, what about?" You know? Right. So I, you know, I sort of have ongoing where a lot of people don't. You know, they don't have this opportunity that I have.
2: But right. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, that makes a difference. Um, looking around turning your head more, that's sort of, you were sort of doing some of that, and then you, you worked on doing even more of that in the mobility, did you do any other visual strategies with the, that from the mobility lessons? Did you work on any other? I'm
0: trying to think. Um,
2: you are already sort of using your telescope, I imagine. I've been
0: using my telescope for maybe five, six years. Uh-huh, so No. So, um, in fact, I don't think we use the telescope at all um, when we were having lessons, you know, I, 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 I can't, I, I need it in the field, I can't go out in the field to, without it, you know, but, um, what Aaron told me really was, he said, you know, you're doing well, you just need fine tuning, because uh-huh. I, 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 I was, there was a time when I was out in the field three days a week straight, you know, so I, I do an awful lot of field work, yeah. and I cover half the city, and I cover half of Delaware County, which is an adjoining county. And I have a few zip codes in Montgomery County, which is another county that is adjoining. So I'm, I'm really all over the place and have been. And I did have a whole county, a whole Delaware County, uh, up until a few years ago.
2: How do you travel um, your county?
0: Your- well, there are buses. There are buses. And then I just start walking. And my supervisor um realized that it wasn't very safe for me to be walking along highways which i was doing for a while wow. um and she's she's tried her best to um keep me away keep me out of areas that i can't really manage but uh week before last she sent me up to um, Conshohocken, which is about 12 miles outside the city if that and i had never been there never been to this place in my life and I got off the train um, and there was no, there was no train station. It was just a a concrete slab. Yeah. So I had to walked to the client's house seven blocks and I didn't know this, you know, you just sort of go. Seven blocks in, seven blocks out, came back to the train station. I couldn't find it. I spent 40 minutes walking back and forth across the tracks, an industrial area. Nobody's there. Yuck. Um, When I do see people, it's, I don't know, I don't drive, or I've never been here myself.
2: Right.
0: I was getting more and more frustrated and more and more frightened. And I just stood by the tracks. And I figured, okay, maybe they'll see the cane, maybe they'll stop, you know. Uh, Finally, I saw a man with a coffee cup walking. And I said, "Where, where is this? Train stop. And he said, "Well, it's down there about two hundred yards." I said, "Okay, great, thank you." Because I kept on going down that way, but I kept on running into a building, and there was another path there that I that I didn't see. Right. So I got there, and I got the train, but I came back to the office, and I know and normally what I have been able to say to myself, "Okay, it's over. You did it. You don't have to worry about it." But I just, I started crying on a train. And um, I went back to the office and I knew that if I saw my supervisor, i quit. Wow. Well, I would just quit. So I shut myself up in the office for the rest of the day because I, I can't shut my door. And um, the next day, I, said, I told her, I said, you know, I almost quit yesterday. She said, I knew you were upset about something, you know. She says, but you're not doing it again. you you don't do it again. That's it. If there's any question in your mind, you don't do it. So, I have a good voice.
2: Well, what are some alternatives to... I mean, it's not the subway, the train.
0: That was actually a... It was a a regional rail. Regional rail.
2: Um, And so... I mean, what about a driver or a taxi or... Well, it was too far to take a taxi. Even from the regional rail stop? Well, I didn't care about the walking. Uh-huh. I walk
0: all the time. So I don't care about the walking in and the walking out. But the fact that I couldn't find the, the, the train shoulder train stop and all it was was a slab anyway really got me. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, what would you maybe do differently if, um, given that? Do you think there's anything you could have done differently?
0: Um. I could have looked around a little bit more when I got off the train and looked for some landmarks, which I didn't do. Um, and, and then when I started coming toward that slab, you know, that 200 yards, mm. um, so, somebody finally did show up, mm. you know, and there were people there. And normally there are people around, you know. This
2: is right.
0: Always You know, this urban and even out in the county there's always people around, somebody
2: to ask. And there was absolutely nobody, so. How frustrating. It was very frustrating. Because I know how I am. I mean, I, I, when I, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm not getting there and I'm backtracking and, uh, you know, whatever, I, I can really lose it, so <laughs> I can totally relate, <laughs> totally. Because um, it was horrible. Yeah. And you know you're you you know it's right there and you, you know yeah and I just uh. I
0: couldn't and I couldn't find it. Uh. But it, it's like she like she said, don't do it. If there's any question in your mind, bring it to me. I'll assign it to somebody else, and they don't have to like it. But I, I I'm am a workhorse, yeah. so you know it's it's okay if it's assigned to somebody else. Right. Right.
2: Um, now, have you ever had any problems with um, taxis? Taking taxis, in terms of. Um uh,
0: taxi really isn't in my vocabulary. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I can tell you a horrible story about a taxi uh, driver that didn't happen to me. Well, actually, I can tell you a couple of taxi stories. Not being able to see where you're going at night, and having taxi drivers take advantage of you. Right. It happened to me once, um, I was coming in from a, coming in to the train station, and I, was, I, I, I was supposed to be meeting friends at a restaurant, and the, the restaurant was like seven blocks away from the train station, and, but I couldn't see where I was going, and this guy was just driving me around, and I said to him, okay, stop the car, let me out. And he said, I can't do that. I said, Why not? He said, We're in the middle of a project. A housing project. So, um I said, Well, get me to the restaurant and get me there now. The cab ride cost me ten bucks. Um, and a friend of mine was coming up the street and he said, Kathy, I've seen you made. what well, I have never seen that made. You were made. So I had a friend of mine. My- to the bus station. I was staying at a hotel a block from the bus station. Um, the cab driver drove him around for a long time.
2: Just circled and just yeah,
0: because he was totally blind.
2: Didn't matter. He got a so did you tell the guy that it should have only been
0: five dollars? And yes. But I was so angry and I was so late. Right get me away from this man. Cause my whole thing is like, get away from the person, get away from the thing, get away from the incident. So it's sort of like, get me out of here.
2: Do you do anything differently now with
0: cabs? I rarely take cabs. Uh, like I said, they're, they're not really in my vocabulary uh, yet, but um, I, I do have many other, several other friends who are visually impaired um, who who, who, who used the same cab company all the time? And who said, Kathy, if you need a cab, take Liberty Cab. They don't mess around with you, they're good. Um, I was using one cab company um, consistently. I like to go to the airport back and forth, and that's really the only time we take a cab. Um, and they, they were decent. But I'm listening to other people, so the next time if, when I take a cab, um, I would probably take the company that uh, these people are recommending. And, and uh, from doing these interviews, other people
2: have said, you know, when you call for a cab, ask them to estimate how much it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, if you can, if you know, if, or if you can, you know, if you've been on that route before, keep aware of what they're doing.
0: I don't know. Yes. Well, with here from Center City to the airport. is a flat, flat rate. Uh, so it's no problem. I just yeah. put the money in my pocket and then it's took money in my pocket and that's it. You know, I don't worry about it. But um, I can, if, if I should be taking a cab and it's just really in Center City, um, I, I have a rough idea of what it might be like. But like I said, cabs are not in my vocabulary ben. yet. They will be. So airports um they're fun <laughs> explain well the lights are bright uh-huh and you can't really look at the legend because the light behind it is bright right so again in fact i've never been in the airport with my cane um i have been in the airport without my cane i have asked for assistance um actually i have been in the airport with um, but when, without the cane, I just asked for assistance and said, excuse me, I'm visually impaired. Could you tell me where, you know, this is? Or just point me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And usually if somebody points me in the right direction, I can find it. <clears throat> but um, I, in fact, the, the only time I've been on a plane with a cane was the trip out to Kalamazoo. Yeah. And um, I had it folded. And nobody saw it. Until the one one stewardess, one flight attendant on the on the flight back, and uh, she came to me and said something um, like, "Are you okay? You need anything extra, anything, something like that." And on the way out, Felicia and I both thanked her for noticing the cane because she was the only person who did. Nate,
2: so you did. You have taken. Gone on trips by yourself in the airport. I
0: haven't. Well, well I meet people at the airport. For uh-huh. um, if I'm traveling with somebody, I'll meet them, and then you know we'll go from there. But I haven't. I haven't traveled by myself for years. I mean, on a trip like a vacation trip for years.
2: Where do you usually set up to meet? Usually in the seating area. Mm-hmm. Is it a small airport?
0: No, it's a, It's not. It's nothing like Atlanta. Uh-huh. But it's um, it's it's a good size, yeah.
2: Okay. And so, would you have typically gone sighted guide or just walked? I
0: would have. Uh, I I don't use sighted guide very often. I just walk beside the person. Uh-huh. Um, many times, when I'm when I'm with a person, I'll just keep my cane folded and and walk with the person, um, especially in familiar areas, like if I'm. With Felicia or with my mother or with a friend, you know, and I know the area, um, I'll just keep it folded um, and, and have it in my hand. Um, if I don't know the area or if I'm by myself, the cane is open.
2: Mm-hmm. So you always take trips with people?
0: Yeah, normally.
2: Have you ever been disoriented?
0: Oh, I think that train um, trip was was rather disoriented. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah so oh yes, I can say yes, I have been disoriented. <laughs> so that, that's the one that really sticks out in your mind. Yeah, and it was so
0: recent. It was just like a
2: week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And the strategy you used there was to look for, for
0: people. People. Look people, for help.
2: Um, any other strategies that you use when you're disoriented? Um,
0: Slowing just stopping and slowing down, mm-hmm. taking a couple of breaths and saying, "Okay, I got myself into this, I can get myself out of it,
2: yeah, how do you feel about traveling alone to unfamiliar places? Well,
0: I do it um in the field all the time, mm-hmm. you know locally um as far as traveling for like vacation or pleasure or something i've had mixed feelings about that um because i i am a very inward person i don't like to draw attention to myself which is kind of silly when you're walking around with a cane and a telescope but um i don't like to have people making a fuss and i I don't care If my friends know, I don't care. You know, I, I'm doing what I have to do here at home You know, to, to make a living and do shopping and, and get by. But I don't want to cause, un- make undue attention. Like, oh, we, uh, but we, I take a lot of escorted trips. Okay, like mom tours or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't want people to say, to think, oh, well, she can't see, so we have to take care of her. You know, I don't want to be a burden or portray that I am a burden. Okay, so that's, um, so I would probably be better off not just going traveling with somebody and saying, "Okay, here I am," like like the trip to Kalamazoo. You know, like there I was. I was first time I'd ever been to Kalamazoo. Um, it was a, it was a it was a very unique experience because I had never been there. And visually, it was it was totally different. The cane was not a problem. Um, The mobility techniques that Aaron taught me kicked in, but just being in a different place, it was it was a little unusual. You know, I can't say it was frightening, but it was it was a little bit uncomfortable for a while. If if you can understand what I mean. For why? Why was it? Well, what did you? Uh, different lighting. Mm-hmm. Well, different light. lighting is different all the time, but different um, different traffic patterns, different traffic lights. Um, you know, here in Philadelphia, we have the traffic lights on the street corners. Out there, they had the middle, in the middle of the, of the uh, streets. Uh-huh. You know, um, and just really getting used to different... Different, a different area, a different area of the country. For example, in um, Salt Lake City, and this was long before I was using the cane, um, there, in, in the center city, uh, they have the audible lights where one, if you're crossing one way, it, the, it chirps, and if you're crossing in the other way, it hoots or something like that. Yeah, yeah, on all
2: pedestrian signals. Yeah. You like those?
0: Um, well, I can't see the light sometimes, yes. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes the light hits and, and you can't see the light.
2: What's different about being in uh, totally like Kalamazoo and, and Res versus an unfamiliar place in Pittsburgh?
0: Um, I, mean, I, think, it, I think it was in my mind. I think it was, uh, okay, this is a different place. Uh-huh. You
2: know, and I think that's really what it was about. You know. So, how did you prepare to you go to for travel to unfamiliar places? I didn't. We just just went.
0: Just went. <laughs> no, I, I just didn't have to get to the airport, get on the plane,
2: go, and just go. Uh-huh. Ask for help along the way if I need it. And and so, what you're saying is by going with someone, you feel like you'd be less of a burden
0: on the, on no, the group like when you if, get there? If um, Okay, on an escorted trip, feel like a mopping tour, uh-huh. you're on a bus with a group of other people, okay? Um, you're eating meals with these people, you're going to social events with these people, uh, you're going on tours with these people, um with the cane with the um, and in fact this has happened without the cane with the telescope Um, it becomes evident at some point that you can't you can't see very well because you're playing with the telescope and people ask you know so it became Kathy watch that step you know Kathy don't trip on that you know and it sort of like became like i don't want to be a burden to these people you know these people we're all on vacation i'm functioning just fine you don't have to take care of me
2: right you know? so does that make you not want to go to these things anymore or do you try to um,
0: no that that wasn't that wasn't the reason that, it, that we stopped doing some traveling um and i'm sure i'm going to get back to it In fact, felicia and i have been talking about you know things we would like to do um but when I first started using the cane, I thought, "Uh oh, this is the end. I'm never going to travel again." But um, the more comfortable I become with it, it's it's sort of like, "Okay, this is a possibility again. This might work again."
2: You're not going to travel again because you know it's going to mean more attention, more people. Well, I,
0: I probably I probably will travel again. I but mean, the, it's, it's a matter of getting adjusting and getting used to it and accepting it myself.
2: but that's basically what it was
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i I just don't want to you know everybody's on vacation you know let's let's chill out you know
2: how do you establish your position in the environment
0: okay you're going to have to expect expand expand (laughs) on that
2: everybody says that to me
0: (laughs) what are you talking about that's a bad question (laughs) you have to change that question
2: (laughs) um i know it's so linguistic. um well i mean um how do you know where you are what do you use
0: well um visually
2: yeah
0: uh-huh. i use my telescope
2: what do you look for
0: i look for street signs
2: mm-hmm.
0: i look for la- landmarks when i'm not using my telescope what kind of landmarks something big like what like, like a building or a bill assigned, sign or an awning or a store or something um uh, some the, the painting on somebody's house um the the architecture of the house Like mm-hmm. i, I could go down be on one street and say oh yeah this is 65th street because i know what that corner house looks like mm-hmm. so i travel with if i'm not using my telescope and I'm only fine, using it for fine things anyway. I'm traveling by landmark.
2: So if you, what, what do you mean if you're not using your telescope?
0: I use my telescope for street signs and addresses, uh-huh. basically. Um, and the rest of the time I'm just saying, okay, uh, this looks like 65th Street. And that's the house that, that I know to be on 65th Street. Mm-hmm. So I'll get off the bus or do Whatever's needed. Whatever's needed.
2: Have you used or do you use maps? Oh yeah. What kind of maps?
0: Regular, regular maps. maps. Um, and I use um, magnifiers Uh to get on top of the maps. And if I if I can't see it, um, I'll ask my coworkers uh, or somebody or a friend or we call I can I can call septa Septa here. SEPTA is, is the bus company, the mm-hmm. transportation company. I call SEPTA and they will um, help me get around. Uh, say, okay, if I tell, tell them that I wanna to go to uh, 33rd and Girard from 3rd and Market, they'll say, okay, take the 17 bus, get off at Blah, uh, walk three blocks west so I can use some of the information.
2: Neat. where did you learn to use maps?
0: Trial and error. No, <laughs> no because of work. Um, and I, I, I've been working for the agency for about 20 years. And um, with field work, I had to learn how to, to read a map. Um, they used to have street guides, which were really great, because you could just look up a street, and it would tell you, Exactly where it was. Uh-huh. I not like them anymore. Oh. But um. But I've, I've I am I have been reading maps. For I have to read maps to do my job. So you, you taught yourself, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. What one thing ha- happen, that happens frequently when you're traveling that you like the least?
0: Stopping it, stopping, shouting at me. Um, because there seems to be this attitude: if you're visually impaired, you can't hear; you gotta be deaf. Mm. And if you're, you're if you if you're blind, and you gotta be deaf and you gotta be dumb. All right. You know, and people screaming at you. You're standing on the corner. You're just minding your own business. You're waiting for the light, and somebody starts screaming at you. Saying what? That's not a green light! Oh God. You know, or, um, it's red, you can go. I like that one. That's, sort of That's a good one. Um, uh, one incident I can, I remember, I was um, I was on the wrong side of the street. I wanted the even number side of the, the block when I was on the odd side. And it was a a different direction I had never known. I had never been there. So I was on one side of the street, and I crossed over. And I was on the wrong side of the street then. So I just turned around and came back. And this woman started screaming at me, Where are you going? Where are you going? I said, I'm going back across the street. Well, you don't know where you're going. You can't see where you're going. Where are you going? And she tried to grab me. And I just said, excuse me, I can see, and I know I'm on the wrong side of the mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And kept on going. Mm-hmm. That's when people start screaming at you. It's, uh... Yeah,
2: I can see where that would drive you nuts. What do you want sighted pedestrians to do when they want to help?
0: Um, ask.
2: How do you handle being lost or disoriented?
0: <laughs> Not well these days. <laughs> um, well, when I go back, I st- when I realize I'm lost, and I've spent a lot of time being lost, um, I might go back to where I know I was, you know, last. Mm. Um, in the county. Um, I would just, and I, I don't know if I would do this anymore, but I would just keep on walking because I knew I was going to hit a, a, a busy intersection within five five minutes of walking, within 10 minutes of walking mm-hmm. so I could orient myself again. Um, but I think now I would just go back to where I came from and, and start out again. And if I'm absolutely, totally, Discombobulated, I would just call the office and say, "I'm not doing it. I'm coming in." Yeah, and then just start out again, you know, and say, "Okay, call the client, get better directions, um, and and start over again." And and that, that's happened to me. i will just get so out of the way, like three miles out of the way or something, and you can't you can't do it on public transportation and you can't do it on foot. Just call them and say, "I'm sorry." I'm gonna have to do it some
2: other time. Right. Did you work on these strategies with um, your mobility instructor? No. He never got you disoriented?
0: No, because um, I've been traveling on public transportation. I I stopped driving, um, I guess, around 1979. Mm -hmm. And it's a field work job. So I've been traveling on the buses for field work for a lot of years.
2: Uh, have you ever been injured when traveling?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: With the, uh, the with said the that. cane or before
0: the cane. <laughs> I guess uh, either. Both. Not, I. I have tripped. You know, like uh, tripped. Like tripped over something um, with the cane. Um, but that wasn't because that wasn't necessarily the cane's fault. It was sort of like. Um, I just tripped, um, an, an example I can give you. Um, a, couple of nights, a couple of weeks ago, I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. And I just, my knees started to buckle underneath me as I was coming up the sidewalk, you know, to home. Um, the home. But one of the reasons that I got the cane was, was for protection. Uh, my balance is not great. It's okay, you know, but it's not great and i've been told innumerable times by my eye doctor be careful if you fall you can cause a retinal detachment and we don't know what's going to happen if your retina goes right so that's the reason that i i got the cane in the first place mm-hmm. was, was the protection so um my incidence of falling since i have gotten the cane and using the cane is greatly reduced uh-huh. Greatly reduced, and I can tell you some real horror stories before the game. But
2: uh, just going downstairs
0: or curves. Oh, I I I took a, a, a... I went over like a log in front of Independence Hall, mm. and blood was spurting, you know, out of my nose. Yeah. and it was it was just awful, absolutely awful.
2: How long ago before was that before you got mobility? It was about
0: three three years before. So that's, I was ready for it. And, yeah. and when I, and I really was, I had spoken to uh, one of the guys we contract with from Delaware. And he was going to come up and work with me. Um, and then when I became a client of the agency, uh, I said, well, yeah, it's nice if, if John would do that, but he has to pay city wage tax, and Aaron is right here, and he has to pay it anyway, so I might as well go with Aaron. So that's why I went with Aaron.
2: Do you belong to any professional or consumer organizations?
0: I belong to one consumer organization. I am not, not really into it. What is it? It's the Delaware Valley Council of Citizens with Low Vision.
2: Ah.
0: It, it's sort of like you're
2: a member, but not active.
0: No, I, am, I, I joined it basically for information.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And then I wasn't getting any. I was supposed to be getting the minutes of the meeting and this and that and the other. Um, and I never did and my computer instructor was uh, a founder of this group and she went and said okay we got a member, if she's not getting anything how about it so I start getting their minutes and their resource lists and all that kind of thing and I went to one meeting and I, I was real happy so I, I think I'll probably keep my membership up but I don't think I'm going back um, and that the people that I know who are in the NFB and the Pennsylvania Council for the blind I don't consider good, good role models why is that they're more out there they seem to be out for, for themselves more than okay let's this let's work toward a goal you know everybody's out there beating their own drum you know and it, it doesn't seem to be um Walking in in one direction, Everybody's everybody's got their own agenda. Um, and, and I know like, I know people who are high up in in like, the federation and, and the council. And, and I, quite honestly, I'm not impressed. And I've known them for years and I've worked with them and that might be part of the problem. I, you know, I know them too well. Uh, you
2: know? Yeah, yeah. Um, have you, how did ADA impact you? Do you notice a difference before and after its passage?
0: Um, I I um, the ADA didn't help me at all. Um, the we have one another person in the office who is losing vision very rapidly, and they're uh, they're reading the ADA very carefully. And what I've been told is that they really, they really, they really screwed me. You know, they really did. Uh, they, I paid for an awful lot of evaluations at their at their request. Kathy, go get a vision aid evaluation. Go get a computer evaluation, and we're going to get you equipment. And it never happened. Mm. And I ended up putting, I ended up putting up several thousand dollars um, in in payment of sorts. Um, they waived the financial needs test. So I don't have to contribute. I, in, in the, in the, with, with the computer equipment they've gotten me, with whatever training they've, they've gotten me, I have not had to contribute at all, you know. So they've sort of made up for it in a way. But it was um, World War III for me to get services. It was really rough, and I was on my way to the relations Commission, probably on my way to the, um, Every anybody else that I'd get my hands on, because I had I started filling out applications for the Human Relations Commission. So
2: it hasn't helped you
0: because because e- the agency that I work for is not um, adherent to the ADA. Uh, um, and they should. Geez. Everyone should, but they don't, and they're. They're just really beginning to read the read the ruling itself, um, and I don't think that they would follow the ADA if they had to anyway. Quite honestly, and I don't think um, agencies, and I don't think uh, employers are really. You know, and I I really wonder sometimes how much teeth is in is really in the ADA, right it yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be that strong. Mm-hmm. Of course I have not read it, you know, so I can talk about it like that, you know, talking about something I don't know about. Um, but it, it, the ADA itself did not help me. Yeah.
2: Um that's the interview, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about mobility and all of that.
0: I hope I helped you. Yeah, you
2: certainly did. You certainly did. I wonder if there's anybody that you would um, recommend that I could call. Um, My requirements are that they are visually impaired and that they are employed. Uh
0: Well, I have a friend who is unemployed, um, but she's been a dog user for, many many years. Um, I have another friend who was also a dog user who, in fact, I was talking to him today and he said, um, what's your, what's your you know, what's your functioning Kathy? I told him and he said, you know, you could, you could get a dog. I said, I thought that um, um, you would, I, you, if you have a dog, you would have less vision. And he said, oh no, oh no, not at all. You can get a dog from Leader. And I said, no, I'm not really ready you know, for a dog mm-hmm. and the idea of taking a dog out at 2:30 in the morning in the snow um a cane is a low maintenance item and right now I'm in a low maintenance mode so for me a dog would you know. but let me think about it I have your uh phone number on my phone okay I saved it and let me think about it and if I come across somebody I will certainly um Give
2: you a call. Well, that would be terrific. Okay. Uh, I really I depend on everybody that I interview to, to give me more people. Sure.
0: How many people
2: are you interviewing? Um, I'm, I'm shooting for 100. Wow. How
0: many do
2: you have? I've got 35. Well, okay. And how long have you been working on it? Um, since uh, Kalamazoo is uh-huh. when I first really started getting people. Uh huh. So it's going pretty well. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> I've really gotten a lot of neat strategies and tips. I've had a lot of fun talking to people um, about mobility. And so it's it's just been a just a great project for me. And, I, and I've been able to share things with my students uh, at Hunter. And you know, I'm, really, I'm putting together something I think will make a, a really comprehensive book that well, is you practical. To to do this or yeah. That's my idea. It's uh you know I I just I know the theory. I know the the methods. I know I know the traditional hill and ponder orientation and mobility instruction, but I, I also know that there are things that people have found and I have been, you know, gathering, you know, this is what I've learned. This is what I do. This is
1: you know, what, yeah. everything
2: you always want to do that the mobility instructor didn't, you know, emphasize, or whatever. You know, well, that, you
0: know, what I tell my clients is, look, you know, you're only going to be with the instructor for a certain amount of time. Follow the instructions, listen carefully. When you're with the instructor, do what the instructor tells you to do. When you're away from the instructor and you're, you're done, you're going to create your own methods and you're going to do your own thing. And the important thing, whether it's rehab teaching or mobility, is to be safe. That's what it's
2: about. Do you think that in some ways you would, it shouldn't be like that, it should be more, especially as an adult getting instruction, less of that sort of yelling and, and military and do it this way and more of a,
0: a interactive
2: instructional
0: approach? Yeah, um, I, yeah, honestly I do. Um, but like I said, uh, it became a game, you know, and I would laugh at Aaron and Aaron would laugh at me, and we sort of knew each other anyway. And, and I'm, I'm sort of a little in a different position because I, I work with these people, I contract with these people. I'm Felicia and I socialize. Um, so it's, it's a little, it's, it, it might be a little bit different, I don't know. And I always have, if I have a question, if I have a problem, I can pick up the phone. So it's, it's a little different maybe than some of the other people that you're talking
2: to. I don't know. So that would be something. Well, it's just interesting that it's like, um, you know, your advice to fellow travelers is do what they say, but when you get on your own, do what, you know, you, well, you need. you always
0: develop your own message. To develop
2: your own message. But but well, where is where's the advice for the mobility instructor who uh, maybe needs to be a little more um, flexible and aware and um, you know, and, and functional so that, so that there isn't maybe such a wide gap between what is teaching and what is useful.
0: We well, you know what I suggest to Erin, um, and I think it would really be helpful, is get a group of people. That he taught um, together after a year and and talk okay this is what I'm doing because um, I think it would be helpful to him you know like a year later to, to go back and say okay what are you doing what are you doing different what's you know what are your problems now and not not to go back and do instruction but just to sit down and talk you know and I think that might be interesting, but I think maybe a, a questionnaire, uh, if the person feels comfortable with them, or even, like, even maybe an exit interview, if the person, if the client feels comfortable with the instructor. Right. You know? Because, and I, I sort of did have an exit interview. We sat on the wall out front from the garden. He said, "Well, you're done." And I said, "That's interesting because it's our anniversary." So, and that was the end of. It was the end of it. So um,
2: So your advice to him was maybe to be a little more responsive to.
0: Yeah, uh, I think... uh, Learn from? uh, Responsive sometimes, yeah. Um, But like I said, um, I knew him and I said, okay, it doesn't matter, I'm going to do what it takes. And that was my attitude when I started training. Um, I will do whatever they tell me to do. There's going to be an end to this, you know, um, and that—that—that that, that still is my attitude um, about training. I'm going—you know—I'm going to do it. I might not like it, but I'm going to do. It. Well, neat.
2: All right. Well, i, I, I if you—if you know of anybody.
0: I will. I will. Um, my ears to the ground. Appreciate it. And I do have your phone number. Great. I'll let you know.
2: Well, thanks so much, Catherine. You're
0: welcome. I Take appreciate care it. Of and enjoy your karate. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm heading off. Teach visually impaired people when you're doing it, so you can teach us. Yeah, there
2: are. There's a friend of mine who does do that. She's great. a black belt, though. I'm not anywhere near that. <laughs> well, you'll get
0: there. You'll get
2: there. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Take care.
1: Bye. Wow, what a great. Interview um, and real insight into someone's um, experience growing up with low vision. Kathleen was born with retinopathy of prematurity, which resulted in her being blind in one eye with 2160 in her other eye. Her life with this vision is one of living in the margins as far as getting services. She had no specialized services as a child. Conceivably, she was considered to have too much vision because she was not, quote unquote, legally blind. You have to be 2200 or worse in the better eye to be legally blind. Yet her early experiences were of being shunned by an elementary teacher who did not want her in her classroom being left out of PE and playing games and being restricted even just from playing by her family for fear she would break her glasses. As an adult, she began using a long cane and shared insights into how she was taught from the perspective of a professional in the field of blindness. But what she didn't learn is perhaps more telling. Her o and specialist, conceivably because of her experience of being a driver and a skilled public transit user, did not work on orientation skills for when she became disoriented. And she tells of multiple times when her vision let her down and caused her to be wholly disoriented. Before getting her cane, she had a lot of accidents that caused real pain and injury. Kathleen's story is the story of low vision. She sought out her long cane for protection, but then stopped going on vacation tours because she didn't want to be exposed as a long cane user. Because long canes are very visible. And Kathleen's story sheds insight into her journey of becoming aware of the need for a long cane, taking action to start using her long cane, and yet still having to battle those feelings and the reality of being a white cane user in public. Wow, what a great story. And thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Safe Thoughtless Podcast. To learn more about our mission, To provide blind toddlers with a solution for walking independently with safety, we can be found through social media. Our website is safetoddles.org. We're on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Safetoddles. And remember, if you can go where you want to, you should do so as independently and safely as possible. Thanks for listening, and please like, share, and let others know we're here. Come find us. This podcast was made available by generous donations from people like you.